When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Bigfoot Collectors Club with Bryce and Michael. <laughs> I know a ghost story or two. Let's do this. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Bigfoot Collectors Club, the show where we talk to amazing guests about their personal paranormal histories and share stories of high strangeness. I'm your host, Michael McMillan. With me always is your other host, Bryce Johnson. And our super producer, Riley Bray. Hey boys, what's What's going on? You know, recording Bigfoot. Bigfoot boys boys of summer. Yeah, Bigfoot boys of summer. Getting in them dog days. It is hot. It is hot as fuck out there. I am actively sweating just sitting here. We're all going to be like a Bigfoot taint by the end of this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Now that is hot. 97 degrees inside the studio. Um, That was one of our guests. Uh, The guests today are a rock band that hails from the Midwest. They wrote our theme song, Come Alone, and have a new album out now called Unfathomable Darkness. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show... Sun Eater! Yes! Uh, Why don't you boys introduce yourselves and tell us what you do in the band? Sure, and I want to apologize for saying making that taint comment before I was introduced. So, so strict rules here. I'm sorry, jumped the gun on that one. Uh, My name is Chris, and I play guitar. Chris, Chris, what's your last name? Garibaldi. Oh, and I play guitar and sing in in the Sun Eaters. You may remember Chris if you're a subscriber to and supporter of our Patreon, BCC the other side. Uh, Chris was a guest in our very first Bigfoot Movie Club oh, communion. Wow, that's right, yeah. It was the very first one we ever did. That was a great night. Uh, yeah. And, and young movie. man next to Chris, oh. who are you and Hi. what do you do? My name is band? Scott Hartley. I play bass. Um, I sing a little bit. And thank you for getting the taint joke out of the way because I was going to go after it. <laughs> <laughs> it was going to be a lot lot more sweaty. You than can just talk about. as many okay. taints as you want. <laughs> the word taint really, it, it, in all seriousness, has, has a lot of history. It's tainted. You're right. Right. Scott yeah. and I. Yeah. Taint misbehaving. <laughs> when we went to college, I think we picked up on the word taint. It was it was twerned at that point, I think. It was twerned. Yeah. No. Oh, right. Because a twerned. Or maple bar. Yeah. Maple, maple bar. Maple bar. <laughs> I don't like that at all. No. You, you don't be like shy that. on that mic, okay, Scott I'll Hartley. I'm going to um, eat it. So you guys both, so bass, guitar, you both sing. Who are you guys? How does the talk about the the how you collaborate? Do you uh, both write the music? And you guys, how long have you've known each other both for a long time? For almost forty years. Wow, thirty nine years wow. we've known each other. Because in grade school, um, they sat us alphabetically. So Garibaldi sat next to Hartley. So it was Carrigannon. Can you say Carrigannon? On a podcast? Yeah. Uh, okay. yeah you, sure. Yeah, of course. She's the coolest. Cara Gannon, Chris Garibaldi, Scott Hartley, we all sat in a row. 
And is she part of the band, she's too? Not, yeah. She's no longer with the band. In fact, she okay. never was. She got married and her name changed, so oh, we okay. had to kick her out I think out she's of the still Cardiana. <laughs> that sucks. Fair enough. And this is, of course, in the uh, city of... This was Western Springs, Illinois. Oh, was okay. where we met. Is that a suburb of Chicago? It is a sh- it is. suburb of Chicago. Mm-hmm. Do you guys know about the Chicago Mothman? I've heard talk, but not mm-hmm. details. The you Chicago- have details? Uh, we have some details. Okay. The Chicago Mothman. There's been sightings. It was what more in 2017. It's yeah, been it was a couple years ago. Recently. It made a it made a comeback. People were spotting this large winged creature, and even there, people a couple people took some photographs of it, uh, which were pretty interesting. But uh, all up and down Illinois and in parts of Wisconsin, people were seeing this really? big black like uh, ha- humanoid being with big wings, and would f- it would some people saw it like would be driving al- along the side of the road and see it take off and fly into the. Oh, I thought the Mothman was driving. No, the Mothman. I know, that's what I got to. <laughs> the Mothman was driving his. Uh, what would the Mothman drive? Yeah, his Ford Impala. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me see if there's Mia. any updates on the Mothman. Of yeah, so, it's so much so. There were so many reports. Some dude wrote an actual a whole book on the subject of the Chicago Mothman. Wow. Yeah, this was all last year. Vice Magazine wrote an article about it, and mm-hmm. you know what? We'll put it in oh, it the true. show notes for this episode. There you go. Speaking of. Recent reports of cryptids and creeps. We have some. That was a good one. We like we're a very dissonant band, so I, I enjoy the dissonance on that vocal part. Definitely there. more of that. Um, so it's been a little bit of a slow week in news. Um, you know, obviously the uh, Area 51 stuff that we've been following, no major updates there, except I will say that according to an article that I read on uh, CNN, I believe it was, earlier today, um, they're basically <laughs> saying that the little alien, which has 14 rooms, wow. is completely booked for September 20th. And that there are only 54 people in Rachel, Nevada. The nearest gas station is 60 miles away. There is some camping open, but guys, there's not enough room for everybody. So be there. It's going to go great. So, uh, I was yeah. actually thinking about this after listening to your last episode. We have got to go down there, all of us, set up a stage play sunny years will play you guys do a podcast there we need to give these people something to distract them from being Dude, shot like burning man it's not a bad idea yeah we should and then we just turn it into an annual thing if there's you know i always thought this thing was going to become an annual thing this could be like you know the next huge uh-huh you like know we could be on the ground ground floor guys right, right. ground floor so why not go down there do the show from there those people are all Listeners, right? All those people would be listeners. Don't, don't all write checks that our asses can't cash, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm saying we should all do it. Well, <clears throat> we'll talk. We've yeah. already, we might oh. be doing a live show already in September, which we can't announce. Did I, okay. Oh, sorry. Did I stumble into no, something? No, you know. You're, you're right you're on the right okay. track, man. I think that's I think a it's a good idea. idea. It's just that I've been out there, and it is... Brutal. In the, it's brutal. <laughs> and it is going to be brutally hot. They put the Area 51 there for a reason. Well, it's like, we'd be there and be like, what the fuck were we thinking? <laughs> we should just run a flatbed truck and a water truck and just drive them both out there. And oh, then yeah. we'd be there saving everybody who is dying because they didn't bring enough water. So, uh, the uh, sheriff. <laughs> and Bryce uh, will have sandwiches Link- for everybody. <laughs> Lincoln County Sheriff uh, Carrie Lee told CNN that. Uh, 
The um, the thing that he's really concerned about is exposure to the environment. He says, I could see people with a lot of heat-related issues, and with our limited resources up here, it could definitely jeopardize their safety. The number of people could overwhelm our EMS in a hurry. Because right now there's RSVP. There's like a million people who have RSVP to this thing. That's so amazing. You better pack a lot of well, water in that truck. What's the about- Date significance? Why is it? That it's, they've just. It was like. A, it's my anniversary. Yeah. So yeah, that's true. <laughs> nine twenty. Nine twenty. That's a good one. There's. I don't think there's any uh, real significance behind it. I uh-huh. think it just kind of started as it a, fell in for everybody. Yeah. Everyone was open. Mm-hmm. That yeah, weekend. Right. It was all started by this nerd on Facebook who said, "Let's just okay. do it on September 20th. So I'm assuming he was. He was he free. Was, he was by free. nerd. That's a good thing. <laughs> Um, all right, so maybe we'll be there. Maybe we what won't. What if we gave away free water with every Sun Eaters flak jacket that you bought? Oh, that's right. a, well, that's how <laughs> you sell jacket? some merch. Yeah, because <laughs> they're like going to get, get shot if they run at the... Imagine how hot Kevlar is in the middle of the desert. <laughs> well, that's why the free water gets us out of any liability for them either being shot or... Dehydrated. I think you've covered your bases. Yeah, I'm just trying to, to imagine the logistics of going into production on a Sun Eaters flak jacket before <laughs> September. Yeah, we could probably fill that order. You know what? We need 10,000 of them. <laughs> Don't challenge us because we will meet the challenge. So, uh, our guests today are from Missouri. So, I decided that uh, I would pull up a recent Missouri Bigfoot sighting. Ooh. I was going down a rabbit hole earlier on cryptozoologynews.com, which is a great website if you just want to. People write in about their reports, much like our Listener Files episodes. And uh, this one is titled, the headline is, Missouri Family Claims Seeing Bigfoot. A woman in Missouri says that she and her family have had a few encounters with a gorilla-like creature. The anonymous woman out of Crawford County told the BFRO that the sightings began back in 1991 and are still ongoing. Oh, damn. The first time I saw it, I was driving home and coming around a curve when I noticed eye shine. She said, as I got closer, I saw a creature standing on the side of the road. Classic. The woman describes it as a two-legged Eight-foot creature with hmm. reddish-brown hair and weighing at about 800 pounds. When the Ow. truck lights hit this thing, it covered its face with its arm. The eyewitness says her elderly mother also spotted the creature a few times. She would call me and tell me something was hitting her trailer very hard. <laughs> I feel like I'm a little concerned for Grandma. Yeah. Yeah. One time, she adds, her mother said that she heard the dogs barking outside, and when she came out to investigate, she witnessed the creature talking to the dogs as though it was trying to calm them down. She stated that if an 800-pound gorilla could talk, that's what it would sound like. (laughs) <laughs> the last incident she recalls was last summer when she brought a she bought a night scope and she and her husband went out on the front porch and sat down to watch the woods. This thing was standing there watching us as we were watching it. It was approximately eight feet tall or taller and huge. Its arms hung down past its knees and kind of curved as a monkey's would do. Its head was crowned to some degree and we passed the scope back and forth to each other. My husband could not believe what he was seeing. The woman says that she never felt threatened by the alleged animal, and that out of uh, out of the four times she and her family encountered it, only once she felt she could have misidentified it. If I didn't see with my own two eyes, I would be skeptical too, I suppose, mm. she said. Mm. 
I believe him. I love it. I believe this yeah. lady. Yeah. Where in Missouri does it say? Uh, it doesn't. It's, it just says Missouri there's a big or Missouri. I know there's a large part of, of Missouri. But you guys get them out there. I mean, there's up mm-hmm. in uh, Lee's Summit in the caves recently. There oh, was really? like sightings. A Boy Scout troop was seeing something out no in way. Lee's Summit. I used yeah. to get my sod repaired in those caves. <laughs> <laughs> Next time, you better check under the hood yeah. before you drive home. You never know what's, what's like going to be I like the fact that she nailed 800 pounds. Like, I would not know 800 pounds if I saw 800 pounds. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I, I mm-hmm. think it's just an Italian neighbor. There's not a lot of Italians. <laughs> oh, there's not a lot of Italians in Missouri, and they just. I'm, by the way, for your audience, I am Italian, so, <laughs> okay. so and, it's okay. and quite hairy in all places. And I, I just think that that's what happened. The guy took his shirt off to you know, do something. It was to very. Pet the dog. Whenever I pet my dog, I have to take my shirt off <laughs> to talk to it. <laughs> talk to my dog. I do like talk that it, him, as the headlights rolled by, it threw up its arms. It's a very like human human mm-hmm. uh, move. It's a very it's Italian a yeah. thing to do. Italians don't like light. <laughs> they uh, they have other uh, Bigfoot North Carolinas. We're about to find out. North Carolina woman claims candy loving Bigfoot visits her frequently. Mm-hmm. A woman in North Carolina says she often sees an ape like creature walking around her property. I already know where you're going with this, Chris. I love I- candy, by <laughs> yeah, the way. <laughs> My last name ends in a vowel. Uh, Let's just keep that. In- <laughs> Shelby resident Vicky Cook says she wasn't sure about what she saw at first. I said, uh, uh, this cannot be real. I screamed. I didn't know what it was, she explained, on the 11,000-member Bigfoot 911. Uh, Cook says, this is obviously a Facebook page, Cook says that the sightings began back in March when she noticed a few footprints on her property, which she showed on a short video interviewed by Charlotte Station WCNC TV. She also claims to have pictures of the creature, but the evidence has not yet been produced. She has, however, provided grainy video footage of one of the alleged encounters. The woman says that she is sure it wasn't a bear and that the animal likes eating cookies and candy. Mm. She believes the Sasquatch is about eight feet tall and possibly a juvenile. Last year, another oh, North Carolina because of the candy. I, I thought he was going somewhere else. Look about him. A delinquent. Mm-hmm. Last year, another North Carolina <laughs> resident claimed to have seen a werewolf. Oh, and that's okay. the end of that story. A junior werewolf. Very the last sentence. Oh, by the way, there's a werewolf. A lot more hostile. North Carolina woman claims werewolf sighting. Winston Salem, North Carolina. A woman in North Carolina says that she saw a creature that looked like a werewolf. Twenty-six-year-old. T.I. told Cryptozoology News on Thursday that she was driving her son to her mother's house when she encountered the creature in 2017. Mm. There are a lot of woods there. I was about to get out of the car, she said. Looking to the right, I saw what looked like a wolf, but much taller and white and or or yellow with um, but much taller and white or yellowish eyes. Oh. The unusual canine she adds howled when the eyewitness got out of the car. <laughs> I grabbed my son and I ran to my mother's door and as I looked back the animal seemed go- gone but while knocking on the door I looked back again and I noticed something black running away. I can tell he was mad. The woman <laughs> described the animal as 6 foot tall black werewolf with white and yellow eyes and claims <clears throat> that it stood there for about three minutes. The dogman is a cryptid reputed to live in the northwestern quadrant of Michigan's lower peninsula, although other sightings have been documented in other states, such as Wisconsin, which we know from Linda S. Godfrey, mm-hmm. uh, two-time guest on this program. This unproven creature was first reportedly spotted in 1887 by two lumberjacks who described it as having a human body and a dog's head. Okay. 
That's the crypto news of the week. There you go. Wow. I guess I have a mixed feelings when you always follow a, a Bigfoot story with a with a werewolf story. Just, like you have some regrets. Yeah, it's just like <laughs> let's try and keep the two separate, you know. But I guess they're not, you know. What kind of candy was it again? Uh, cookies. I, I don't. She said was candy it fruit and by cookies. the foot by any chance or sour patch kids or sour patch kids. SPKs. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm you, guys have, you guys are doing like inside there's an SRA right guys we, the there, was, there was a here. day where Scott took like I'd say I don't know 300 yards of foot fruit by the foot from my house and ate it all in oh, one man. day yeah. and then we're currently working foot on a video fruit. concept that we can't share but it has a lot of Sour Patch Kids in it so I love it I, I, was three, I knew the, that was band banter it was sorry 300 yeah, feet Riley can I, recognize yeah, he bought it from a mile away Van, van Chatter <laughs> if he sees it exactly it was Crawford County, Missouri. Do you know where Crawford no. County, Missouri, the first one uh-huh. was? That is in the... It's in the unimportant part of Missouri. It's near Mark Burn. Twain National Forest. <laughs> right. It's uh... You guys are sassy. I'm always <laughs> fascinated by these mini habituation cases where it's usually these old ladies where the, the Bigfoot's always coming around the backyard yeah. and eating her apples and, and you know, <laughs> 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 going, going yeah. through her garden. There's you know? a blues song that That's goes so like, you keep coming around my backyard eating my apples. <laughs> I, think, I, think there's my a theme. I think there's a theme like they all have a son that never comes calls them yeah, yeah right yeah i don't know it's strange but uh there's they never come with any good like photographic evidence of it except for that one lady in uh in the mayaka the mayaka uh, skunk ape photo that one are you guys familiar it's with that no no oh, so an old lady uh she writes this anonymous letter to the to the local sheriff's department she's like did somebody lose an orangutan and uh you know she's like it's been taking my apples and we have to be careful those things are supposed to carry hepatitis and anyway she sent in two photos and the photos are incredible like i'm sure i could pull here, it up on it right my, here. on my cell phone Here's now what's photo. very interesting oh. about these photos Little is she she's like so i finally went out there the second night and i and I, it was dark. I couldn't see anything. But I so I, fl- I took a picture with my camera because I thought I heard something, you know, right in front of me. And that's when I see see this thing Holy stood shit. up. And if you flick through the two pictures, you can actually see uh, it does sort of stand up. And she, you know, it was only through the flash of her camera that she was able to see this thing. But she reports that she, you know, she sent it anonymous because she didn't want people traipsing around her backyard mm-hmm. and, and looking for this thing. Um, you know, and she had grandkids that were, you know, coming to see her. It it's does a, move. I mean, it's not. It's, it's one of the. Co- I mean, it's definitely yeah. not a statue. And it has that eye shine too, and you could see the canines and the fang. If, it you, looks if you're like listening, an yeah, trying to Google Mayaka skunk uh, ape and just look at the photos. But there's nothing like it. I mean, and what's more incredible than the, oh, than yeah. the oh, little wow. old lady? You know, yeah. Well, no, absolutely. Both of them said that it was eating apples, right? So maybe that's a common. It is a common thing. It's a very they raid common. orchards a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Scott, don't laugh. These guys really have done the research. <laughs> no, you can laugh. It's I've heard, okay. I actually, I've heard <laughs> Eyeshine three times so far, and I'm totally intrigued by the idea of Eyeshine. Yeah. The, there's some people who claim that they encounter Sasquatch with glowing red eyes okay. as well. But that would be that sort of So it's part of the whole. Right. Well, well, that's why he doesn't like the truck lights in his eyes because yeah. it makes him look evil in pictures. There's that, yeah. but the red, the red eyed ones are like the Beast of Whitehall. And a lot of people think those are the ones that are linked to either uh, UFOs or interdimensional. Like the invasion on Chestnut Ridge, the um, Seth Breedlove movie had a lot of 
red-eyed uh, Sasquatches yeah. and weird UFO activity. Yeah. So well, it might have something to with them being able to uh, to see at night as well, because a lot of people report these things as being very nocturnal and the activity is very high at night. And they, they have built in. Uh, they have built in night vision goggles. Yeah, very much so. Eyes. Absolutely, uh, and there might just be some science behind that. Um, more on that there later. Might oh. be. Yeah. Oh. 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 Dropping well, a little tease a there. Little hint. Well, we're going to take tease. a quick break, and when we come back, more with Sun Eaters, Chris Garibaldi and Scott Hartley. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. So, Sun Eaters, mm-hmm. what is your personal paranormal history? Well, Scott's actually been arrested with the Missouri Bigfoot. Do with you want to tell that story? Missouri Bigfoot. Yeah, when we were in college. <laughs> Pray do tell. Preface with when we were in college. Um, yeah, we had a very large party at our house, and um, it was a Halloween party. I was actually that year dressed as Tom Wolf. Where did you go to school? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. University of Missouri uh-huh. in Columbia, Missouri. That's where this occurred. And um, just to get back to my costume, I was dressed like Tom Wolfe, the uh, author of Electric Kool-Aid Acid Test. Great book. So it was a little obscure. People weren't really giving it uh, the love Which was a deserved. full, like, light gray suit. It was suit. a seersucker suit, yeah. actually. <laughs> seersucker. Mostly white, but it was a seersucker suit. Does and he I have, had a like, bolo. an eye patch or anything? No, but so I had... So you could have been a plethora of people. <laughs> I could have been. Anybody, a southern dandy, right. maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyways, the party got a little out of hand, and the police showed up. And at that point, I was arguing with the police in the front yard. Um, they were telling me that I need to go inside. I was telling them, this is my property, which is the classic response to a cop hassling. This is my property. <laughs> this is my property. <laughs> which it wasn't, because I was running this house. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of my property. So at some point, the guy said, if I don't go, go in the house, he's going to arrest me. And almost on cue, a large, large man dressed as Bigfoot <laughs> came around the corner holding a 4 by 4 over his head. And screaming nonsensically. At that point, the cops, the ears just perked up, and they took him down. Wow. Oh, no. <laughs> took Pow. him down, cuffed face in the leaves. It was fall face in the leaves. They beat the living shit out of him, too. Yeah. So he had a board over his head, like he a two-by-four? Like yeah. he was coming, like, running to attack? He was carrying right, right. it at his waist, and then when the cops were like, oh, stop, he thought it would be funny to take it above his head and go like, <laughs> like the right. like the sand the sand people, people in yeah. Star Wars and exactly. then right. and the cops right saw, saw that as a threat and actually oh, I think the cops no. were just like fuck it let's just beat the shit yeah, yeah Bigfoot let's kill it so he, he he was arrested and I didn't go in the house so I was arrested and our friend Bob was also arrested because he refused to get that cop off his property so we're in the back <laughs> of this cop car the cuffs were so tight and this guy was barefoot uh, bigfoot not barefoot he probably was barefoot but he was also bigfoot and he uh <laughs> he kept saying i'm not bigfoot 
I'm not, <laughs> you know, I'm stinking. I'm I think you think you caught the real Bigfoot. That's not what's happening. I'm, I'm in a costume. <laughs> no, really. Except I mean, Bigfoot would say that. I'm not Bigfoot. I'm not Bigfoot. You gotta let me go. I'm not Bigfoot. Yeah, I've been getting away with this for decades. You think you actually got me? Uh, so, but actually, he he sort of changed his tone over time and and tried to convince the cop. I'm not Bigfoot. My name is Hugh, and I can't see out of my left eye, which he proceeded to say <laughs> oh. repeatedly because he had leaves stuck in his eye from when the cops shoved his face <laughs> into, into the ground. So it was like on a loop. My name is Hugh, and I can't see out of my left eye. <laughs> my name is Hugh, and I can't see out of my left eye. So eventually we made it to the cop shop. They uh, processed us. They put me and Bob in one cell. They put Bigfoot in another cell where we heard Bigfoot screaming over, Bigfoot screaming over and over. I'm not really Bigfoot. My name is Hugh, and I can't see out of my left eye. He was like, you know the cops like cuffed him the moment the acid kicked in. Like That's the problem. No, poor Hugh. He's telling himself. Was was he cuffed with a Bigfoot mask still on his head? No, the mask was off. He had leaves covering his face, covering his costume. Uh, cuffs behind him. Jeez. No, I'm not Bigfoot. I'm really, really not. Guys, Bigfoot. you're not listening. I'm yeah. not Bigfoot. Do you think at some I point like he I'm began Hugh. the question like, "Am I?" Yeah, <laughs> I, I was saying it sounds like he's trying to convince himself as much as anybody yeah. else. Exactly. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. So I got out on bail. Um, I was charged with holding an unlawful premise, which was something they had on the books in in Columbia, Missouri, for whorehouses. Oh. So they charged the um, the administrator of a whorehouse with an unlawful premise. So I was charged with running a whorehouse that Bigfoot got arrested. At. <laughs> that's a fun story. Yeah, that's pretty good. So that's his personal paranormal history. I guess that counts. That, yeah, yeah. You I'm also like, have a story out. from uh, about something you saw in the night sky. Right, right. You, I was. Uh, I was. I don't know if you've ever um, planned a uh, road trip. But typically, when you plan a road trip, you know who's going with you, right? So <laughs> I would hope not so. Always. There's no surprises not at Hugh. the last minute. Hugh never knows who who's coming along on his trip. <laughs> so I was the last minute surprise guest on a road trip from uh, Branson, Missouri, to San Francisco, and uh, I was not wanted. I didn't know I was not wanted as the third wheel on this road trip. Who 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 was it with? Can we ask? It was like, it was like, with. Uh, uh, you don't have to say names, but just your relationship. Yeah, no my, my friend Tom, who was notorious for not giving out enough information uh-huh. uh, to his girlfriend. His girlfriend was an opera singer. Her name was uh, Mariana. Got it. Can I can I say that? Sure, sure. I did. Um, so she did not know that I was joining the road trip out to San Francisco. So uh, the entire road trip consisted of her and Tom screaming each other at each other in the back of the seat while I drove their white Acura I am not Bigfoot. I'm not Bigfoot. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. No, I don't hate you. I am not Bigfoot. You are not. <laughs> so it was it was a long, long trip. The car actually broke down in Death Valley. Ooh. And um, we were trying to get out of Death Valley. And at that point, um, their arguments had reached this fever pitch where they were screaming at each other in the back of this car as I'm trying to pull out of Death Valley with a tow. Finally, we get out of Death Valley after the car is is uh, fixed, and they are now refusing to talk to each other, and they're both sitting in the back seat on either sides of the seat while I'm driving, and up in the sky, a shimmering silver orb that went back repeatedly, back and forth, back and forth. I caught it out of the corner of my eye mm. when they weren't screaming at each other. And it, it was one of those things where I immediately reached in the backseat. I'm like, did you see that? Did you see that? 
but it was just like, like the small silver globe. It was not a weather balloon because I know what those look like. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just shaking, shaking back and forth like it was having a seizure. Oh, really? And then I looked away, told them, looked back, gone. But it was very clear. How to me. close Weird. to it? I mean, I know that you can't judge how much it weighed, but how far away <laughs> from it do you think it was? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Eight hundred feet. Um, it was probably. It was probably. Like, it was up in the sky. It was probably like ten thousand feet up oh, in the okay. sky. It's so a daytime it sighting. There. Yeah, it was up there. Could you judge how big it would? The size of it? Um, Is it the size of a plane? It was no. It was smaller than a plane. Okay. Yeah. It. it it's not a weather balloon. But Got it was it. weather balloon sized. Okay. Um. But it was. It was noticeable. It was very Whoa. similar. It was very reflective. That's pretty common, isn't it, Bryce, to see, like, silver orbs? That's a pretty common UFO, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. White orbs, silver orb. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. I mean, most people don't look up in the sky hardly at all. So, I mean, you know, uh, for those that do, they often, not often, but, you know, uh, see things more than the people that don't. I've seen similar objects like that. Did anything strange happen in and around that time, or have you seen anything since or before? I haven't. I haven't, but I remember right before that time that it would. It was 127 degrees as we were pulling out of Death oh, Not that there's any correlation between the supernatural yeah. and the temperature at <clears throat> right. given time. It's hot as hell. But there's probably some some sun effect on on the rocks, the land, or something like that. Maybe sending sending up a shiver or something like that. That influenced my scene but i don't know all i know is it was a it was a momentary break from people screaming at each other in the back of the car yeah <laughs> that's wild do you uh did you ever think about ufos were you into the no, paranormal at all are you all. somebody who, yeah uh-uh. you, this stuff doesn't no no it's not like i was out there actively right you know looking for something to entertain me no it was well i mean you were looking for something to entertain i was I'm looking sure. for something based Different. on this trip so far <laughs> sounds kind of like a buzzkill well but... i'm not i'm not fabricating this out of some necessity to survive this road trip it right. was it was a real deal and i no, i'm not a... has it piqued your interest since or it has yeah. i mean with recent news about it it's it mm-hmm. all makes a lot of sense to oh me. that's interesting yeah. so you're you're someone who's been affected by all this recent uh press that the ufo subject has right. been getting right and i'm not one who's really exposed or pursues this information a lot but to me it's just like oh yeah okay i mm. got it makes sense right so you're open to this being something extraterrestrial oh hell yeah cool mm-hmm. hell yeah Hell yeah! Wow, no, I'd be I'd be prone being cynical as I am. Be prone to shoot it down pretty quick, but this was fairly convincing. It's wow. interesting to f- meet someone who I mean, because we're 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 embedded in all this stuff. But it's interesting to meet someone who's who's been you know th- their antenna has been peaked with all this uh, mainstream press that the UFO subject has been mm-hmm. getting. Right? Um, yeah, that's me. Sometimes that's we're just in bed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh, <laughs> for all the shippers out there, this oh, got geez. really blue. Um, <laughs> Christopher Garibaldi, what about you? What is your personal paranormal history? Um, I don't know if this counts, but I have um, mental telepathy with selective <laughs> people within my family, and uh, and then I also have had some very coincidental situations um, after loved ones have died that just I can't explain that are they're just seem directly correlated to them reaching out to me after passing. So mental telepathy, are you are you, so, are you joking? So my, my, no, my mother and I could actually communicate to each other without speaking. How so? so? How did we, that manifest? Uh, I was trying to think about how I would describe this to you because it's not like um, it's not like learning another language. You know, like you sort of translate the word in your head like, oh, I want to say 
door, and so I say puerto. I don't know what is what is door in Spanish. Right. Correct. Um, you, we just basically would think things to each other, and then like have a common understanding of the situation, then move forward. And um, <laughs> Cast, okay. complex ideas, or or, or just yeah. like clean your goddamn room. So yeah. here's the here's the most, tan- but like so it was we I'm would fascinated. be in a room with people, yeah. right? And it would be a lot of people or just a couple people, and there would be something that we would sort of be communicating to one another and we would either laugh or we would do something based on that communication but it's not like hey chris go open that door right it's more like you know i'm getting the message from her and she's getting it from me and where we agree and then we go do something in concert with is it is there eye contact involved like can you think of a specific i guess what i'm asking for is like a specific let me give you a real the most tangible thing i can give you is that um one time and it's going to sound like we've got arrested a lot but we did get arrested a lot when we were yeah. young uh one time i was out with a bunch of friends and we were all arrested for loitering and hauled into the police station my mother was asleep and to be nor- fair you were on that property trying to build a whorehouse right exactly yeah we got to get a lot a of whorehouse arrests i don't know we're into whorehouse development <laughs> yeah that's what we're doing out here is looking for some property um as our uber driver will tell you but the uh no, um, so one time we all got arrested, and actually my mom was in a deep sleep, and about 11 o'clock rolled around, she woke up, um, got out of bed, got dressed, put her shoes on, sat down on the side of the bed, phone rings, Mrs. Whoa. Garibaldi, your, hus- your, your husband, your son has been arrested, can you please come pick him up? Whoa. And she was like, of course. And she was the first... The weird thing is she was the first parent there because she was completely ready to go Whoa. when the cops called. And that was clearly... She could she could sense my distress and knew that she was going to have to do something. And, and now... Um, my mom and I don't see each other much anymore, but now I clearly have this same power or whatever you call yeah. it with my daughter. My daughter and I have... I've, I've had many, many moments with her... Where the exact same, more uh, obscure thing that I, I can't quite describe, where we both have the same, are sharing a, a conversation of of telepathy and we laugh or we this do something wild. in accordance with it. When you wow. say, when you say like you share those moments of telepathy and you laugh, are you like hearing the other person or is it it's just not like, like a voice intuitive it's not words it's, it's, it's not a voice it's like a it's a it's a it's a feeling that just coats your whole body whoa coating it's really cool and i've never talked to stella about it ever i've never asked her if she's but i i guarantee you that if you brought it up to her she would say yes i have feel that way do you feel the distinction between that and like when you're just with somebody else and you're like Oh, I could tell we both just wanted to get out of there or whatever. You know what I mean? Is it, mm-hmm. yeah? Because I think we all have those moments where we're like, I could tell you were thinking what I was thinking. You but and this I have had different. many a moment like that, right? But I, I never felt that that was the same thing, right? So this is something that has an actual physical sensation. It's with a, it. it's like having a conversation. It's the it's the experience of having a conversation. Whoa! But telepathically, that's I, incredible. I never knew this. Yeah, I know. I thought, full disclosure. <clears throat> I am a family member of Chris Garibaldi's via marriage. Legally, yes. yes. I've known him for a long time, and I've never, you've never told me this. 
I know, and I thought it'd be nice to tell you here because I think you were worried about having me on because I don't believe in anything. No, not so. at all. We have many skeptics on this show, uh, as a matter of fact. This is the ultimate example of save it for the podcast. Yes, exactly. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was your, our te- telepathic thing, is you knew that I was going to have a podcast about this one day, so you've yeah. just been saving it. And, you know, maybe this is related, so I'll do one other thing. That the thing about people who dying coming and telling me things, so, like, one very tangible example is my grandmother died and um, I had just broken up with a woman that I dated for four and a half years and I was actually friends with your sister at the time and was considering potentially dating your sister and uh, my ex-girlfriend was coming back into the picture and asking us for just to, to kind of get things going again again this is just want to be real clear because your sister listens to this show. This was well, well prior to I'm us. Just gonna Let's hand get the, the shovel over to you. It'll be in the show notes. Stand back. Well, yeah, in the show notes that this is all prior to us dating. Um, but I, this was right after my grandma died. I, I had a dream when it didn't feel like a dream. It felt like a just a, again a conversation where she sat me down and she said, "Don't go back with your ex girlfriend. She's dating another guy right now." And they're very serious. And that girl that you've been thinking about is really the, the one for you. Whoa. Oh. And so I woke up and I called my ex-girlfriend and I said, I can't believe you've been trying to start things back up with me when you're dating some other guy. And she's like, how did you know about that? And, Whoa. I, was, and I was like, it's a trip. I was, and this ends up being the guy that she married. Uh, and then I ended up marrying uh, my uh, Michael's sister. It all like, came true. Oh, it all came true. One. So I don't know if that's an if that's an extension of <laughs> that telepathy thing or whatever. But um, I'm, I'm, I'm so being a skeptical guy. Where do you where do you fall in line with all this stuff? What is that? I mean, do you? Do it goes you... completely against what I believe. Interesting. Which is what that when we die, we die. We're the just we're, we're which just like if you step on an ant, we're gone. Well, how do you know where that ant goes when it dies? I I believe it goes nowhere. So it's just nothingness after. Black. Yep. Like turn the end of the, the Sopranos. So what do you make of all this then? I mean, what do you make of when 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 you get these these messages from from the beyond and and also these these strange apparent, you know, powers of telepathy which you're not alone in experiencing. I mean, I'm sure if you googled it you would find ample evidence for other people that experience the same sort of phenomena. I don't know, it's exciting. Like yeah. it really because um you know, I I would like to think that the that my psychological issues or my chemical issues, whatever you want to call them, um, force me into being a cynic and thinking these very um, I wouldn't say negative, but very definitive things about life and death and the supernatural. And yeah. that I would I would like to think that that's a part of my flaw, and that I'm just not being open to what the truth is. Is that there's more to what's going on and that that there is um different ways that you know mental energy and telepathic energy and yeah. post life hmm. energy flows that's a very so, self-aware perspective on yeah, your cynicism good. yeah well that's my problem too is way too introspective so but anyway <laughs> i am a very you know i i i am a very cynical person but but again you know one other anecdote you can cut this out if it's too much is nope. <laughs> um i had a friend one time I was building a soundproof booth. This is, goes along with the music thing. So I was building a soundproof booth in my basement because I wanted to do some recording. Um, and this was the house we were in before the one we're in now. And I had run out of money. I needed $100 to finish this booth. This friend of mine um, came over, was visiting, and said, hey, I want to give you something. 
handed me a hundred dollar bill and said, Ugh. this is to finish your booth. And it's, it was exactly the amount I needed to, to finish the booth. Huh. So I was like, boy, that was really nice of you. And, I, and that, I don't think, is that supernatural at all? I just think it was just synchronicity, generosity. And he, he was a person who really liked, he loved people pursuing their dreams no matter how silly they were, right? That's nice, yeah. So then um, we were planning, we got into this new house and we were planning on um, building a new studio. I had all the money sort of budgeted to do it. And um, this person passed away. And... Uh, I called Scott, I don't know if you remember this, so I wrote you an email and I said, you know, I don't, I'm so freaked out about how this person passed and I'm going to need to save money for my family. I can't, I don't think I should go through this expense. And Scott was very understanding about it. He's like, yeah, that's cool. It's fine. You know, we'll just keep recording the way we have. Lo and behold, another incident completely disconnected um, from this person who passed. I get a check in the mail that's the exact amount of money to build the studio yeah it's crazy and i was like it was too it was like the exact amount wow and then i was like well i guess we're building the studio um, god wants and i to. and i yeah, <laughs> right god, god has greenlit the studio it, the so come. that just was a little too, i don't know maybe that's just coincidental and i'm trying to be i mean it's certainly synchronistic it. in and of itself that even just the fact of a uh, uh, surprise money happening closely related to this individual in and of itself is just synchronetic and both to do recording studio right, like right, right, things right, right. then you start adding in everything else and you're like it seems to be the very definition of uh, of synchronicity it's like these shock waves of uh, future events that have already sort of maybe taken mm. place but they're just right. you know making their way back to you yeah yeah well, i kind of see I it as that. like patterns in the stitching you know it's sort of like when you're on when you're on the right path or when things are moving in the right direction you see these little mile markers and it's almost like reality being like yep yep this is a go- this is like the sign telling you which which direction to go you uh, know take it sounds right like here that. right yeah well you know? and, and one thing that because what I, else are we going to go on exactly. <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. and if those things uh. do bring some type of reassurance and clarity then embrace it why not embrace it yeah. and, and and just to be purely existential about it none of us would be here without your dream of your grandmother in this moment, none of us would be here without yeah. that dream. That's, That's actually a great point, uh, right? Yeah. Yeah, without yeah. my grandmother's dream, we wouldn't be sitting here today. So yeah, thank you, Trip. Thank you, Grandma. That's wild. Mm-hmm. You scored. I that like that well. your grandma had some like very useful information. And you know, sometimes people just see their grandparents, but they don't say anything or their loved ones. It's cool that she like was like, dude, don't do this, but do this. <laughs> like, she I was mean, not- and I'm I'm 100% serious. It was, she's dating another guy. Yeah. She's very serious about that guy. Yeah. You know, do not pursue that. And when I, I w- literally woke up and called her and was like, What's what's this other guy? You know, how did you know about that? That's crazy. <laughs> you, my, my grandma told me in a dream. My mother, not my grandma told me. I, you said, were I, actually said, <laughs> I actually said. I actually said people are, people are talking because I was like trying to like get it That's out. Very of, like Trump people are talking. Yeah. yeah, it was really Trump. <laughs> Everyone's saying you're a whore. <laughs> I'm not saying <laughs> sex worker. You know, what's interesting yeah, is that you know, so many people if they if they experience this mental telepathy type of thing, they they immediately discount it and therefore sort of shut off that part of their brain. If somebody like you and your mom just sort of accept that there's this connection, then then perhaps this muscle or these neuro circuits can actually 
continue working that way. And so it seems like you're a guy as cynical as you may be, but you're you're willing to accept these sort of strange phenomena that happen and, and, and run with them. And I think that uh, that allows them to happen more often than not. Well, well they're my, comforting, and, though. I mean, that's that's part of it. And when you have an experience like that, it's very comforting. It's very reassuring. It's very comforting that somebody's sort of looking out for you. For sure. And to be connected with, with those essential people in your life, like your mother and your daughter. I mean, God, who wouldn't want that, you know? Right. Yeah. And, and, and again, my mother wouldn't believe in telepathy at all. Yeah, right. Of, but like, we just gave into it because it was like, it was there, right? It was happening. She's, so like, you, just, she's like, no, I don't have mental telepathy, but that's what happens. Right. Exactly. Well, yeah. that's, exactly also, that's how I feel about it. It's just mind too. speak. It's also, different. Also, too, with some of this stuff, if you've had it, you know, if you've been experiencing it your whole life, you may not know that what you're doing is maybe necessarily different from what other people right. do. I mean, how many times you go, oh, I thought everybody's family was like that, and you're like, no, that's just your family. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, I do that a lot. Yeah, unfortunately. Fascinating. Um, Okay, guys. uh, Chris, you know this. Scott, you may or may not. We like to play a game on the show with our guests called Bullshit or Believe It. I'm going to go down a list of things. And if you believe it, you say believe it. If it's bullshit, you don't. You say bullshit. Is it rapid fire? It's rapid fire. You guys are both going to answer at the same time. And the boys here are going to help me uh, keep track so we can circle back on things. Okay. Okay. All right. Cool. On your mark, get set, ghosts. Believe it. Bullshit. UFOs. Believe it. Bullshit. Bigfoot. Believe it. Bullshit. Angels. Bullshit. Bullshit. Gnomes. Bullshit. Bullshit. Unicorns. Bullshit. Bullshit. Shadow people. Totally bullshit. Bullshit. Loch Ness Monster. Bullshit. Believe it. Little gray aliens. I, I want to go, well, can we put a we'll, footnote we'll go on Loch Ness yep, Monster? Yep, yep, yep. All right, noted. Little gray aliens. Bullshit. Believe it. Dogman. Bullshit. Bullshit. Parallel universes. Bullshit. Bullshit. Loveland Frogman. Bullshit. Don't know about it, but I don't believe in it. Mermaids. <laughs> bullshit. Heaven. Bullshit. Uh, bullshit. Bullshit. Hell. Bullshit. Um, yeah, I guess bullshit. <laughs> Yeti. Uh, believe it. Bullshit. Venusians, a.k.a. hot blondes from Venus. Hey, boys. I want to believe in it. <laughs> bullshit. Bullshit. <laughs> ESP. Uh, bullshit. I would say bullshit as well. <laughs> Oddly enough. <laughs> Chupacabra. Bullshit. Bullshit, clearly. Demons. <laughs> Believe it. Bullshit. Atlantis. Bullshit. Bullshit. Bat Squatch. I hate that bat squatch. I have no idea what that is. He's it's a what it creature like. near Mount St. Helens. He's like a big, large, lumbering, almost like Mothman, but Bull like Squatch is what I say about yeah. Bat Squatch. Bullshit. Life on other planets. Believe it. Oh, yeah. It has to be. You gotta say the thing. You gotta say oh, so the word. Oh, believe it. There we go. World peace. <laughs> believe Bullshit. it. Peace in the multiverse. Believe I don't know it. what that is. Well, if I can't think of another dimension, if I if another dimension's bullshit, I can't think about peace well, in the multiverse. So bullshit. Bullshit, yeah. bullshit then. <laughs> I strangely okay. enjoyed that. Yeah, that was, that was fun. <laughs> My thought process. Um, all right, a couple things. Uh, you said shadow people are total bullshit, Scott. You went, I probably jumped the gun on that. Oh, right. <laughs> I didn't know. Well, you seem to have an emotional reaction. You're going to get fucking visited by I think, shadow. I think, I think you said yeah, obviously. Luck, ob- I, think, I think it was the shadow that threw me off. Shadows okay. could be um, the cause for very many, I guess, mistaken uh, identifications. Okay. Any sort oh, of yeah. problems. Okay, cool. Did you want to believe in hell because of that line in the Flaming Lips song? 
Which one was that? It's like, Hell's got all the good bands anyway. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's true. That is true. That's I could facts. probably buy into it. That I love way. that line. Uh, Loch Ness Monster. You said believe it, believe Scott. It. Chris, yeah. you said bullshit, but you wanted to circle back. So I took my family to Inverness. Um, I didn't see nothing. Case closed. <laughs> <laughs> bullshit. Now you're getting the real Michael Chris dynamic right now. He's pulling out the Chris imitation, which always sounds like somebody who's severely challenged. All our imitations um, are like that. Oh, really. I don't believe it. Uh, no, so I went to Inverness and like, Literally, so we got in the cab to drive to the Loch Ness Monster Museum, and the cabbies, I'm like, so, have you seen Loch Ness Monster? He's like, no, there's no Loch Ness Monster. And then we get to the museum, and the first, it's like this recorded tour of the museum. The first thing says, the first, literally the first recording is like, well, of course there's no Loch Ness Monster. <laughs> oh, wow. And I was just like, what the fuck? I drove God. all the way up here and there's you're, you at the museum for right. fuck's sake is saying... You've been tainted. I mean, it was like the first thing it said. Like, it like, own your shit. We're yeah. all real. We're all adults here. There's no fucking monster. Right. But hey, let me tell you about all these idiots who believed it. But and we then, spent like, millions of dollars making a museum. Very, right. yeah. That is a very definition of mixed messages. Yeah. And I was... Uh, at that point, I was like, okay. Your taint like was tainted. It Jeez. was tainted. I had a tainted taint. <laughs> Not cool. I didn't know twat to believe. Isn't every taint uh, tainted? What else did we have here? Uh, is there a taint that isn't tainted? This is turning into a tour van so fast. It's amazing how fast it just happens. I reserve the right as guest of the show to turn <laughs> this into a tour So, parallel universes, does that cover other dimensions? You don't believe in other dimensions? No. No, it's flat. There's one. And then are you saying flat you're earth? Flat no, not flat earth. <laughs> flat dimensions. One dimension round. You think there's earth. just one? Yeah. What about all this stuff that they're discovering in quantum theory where particles can exist in... Bullshit. Oh, really? Okay. Mm. All right. Quantum believe... theory? Bullshit. I want to believe in flat earth because think of how awesome those waterfalls are when you get to oh, yeah. the edge. It's covered. It's surrounded by a wall of ice. That's it's what in a It holds it in. I thought no you said water. Now, like... that's fucking crazy. Yeah. They're waterfalls. <laughs> um, no, I thought you said water park. Like water slides. Wait, so do you believe? <laughs> do you believe time to be just linear? Then yes, absolutely, absolutely. Uh-huh. Really, both of you? Yeah. Oh, yeah, far out. Yeah. But you know what gives me or anxiety? Not so far I mean, not. I mean, not so. <laughs> so I do whatever, man. You know, to each their own. This is just a, a sort of goes along with our whole discussion here today. I will wake up in the middle of the night and like literally freak out, sweating, like and have like the darkest fear, just drive me to like the blackest place because I think about. Like, how could that be? How could you think something is that cut and dry, right? Because if you just think about Matt and Hallbach and I always talk about a friend of mine, infinitely big, infinitely small. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's so it's so ignorant to think that we are that this is it, right? That 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 we know anything about what we are a part of. Like, you just like it's some somewhere there's an there's got to be the edge, right? Or this is just a circle. I don't know. It's anyway, very it scares the fuck out of me, and then I go back to bed. I take, <laughs> I, take, I take some Advil, and I go turn on the fan and take the sheets off and go back to bed. Listen, that, that you know what you're talking about can get you going in your in your own mind for for a long time. It's as above, so below. The macro is the micro. You know, there's as much universe out there as there is an inner space. And you know, and when they when they look for uh, material particles and subatomic particles, all they keep finding is just more space. So uh, even the smallest, smallest atoms, you know, once they zero in on these things, uh, scientists are confounded because that's where they're finding 
uh, you know, it's it's mostly 99.99% space. So you can just keep looking, keep looking. You know, the old the old thing with the uh, uh, with the great pyramids and, and, and part of the esoteric portion of the pyramids was they never finished the capstone. Um, so even back in the day in Egypt, when it was when it was shining limestone, they left the capstone off because what that represented is if you were to put a capstone on top of the pyramid, that capstone would ultimately have its own capstone and that capstone would ultimately have its own capstone and you could go and you could go and you could go and you could go until infinity, you know, so it pointed to a never ending quest uh, to find um, material space, you know, and so, you know, it never ends, not only out there in the universe, but also going small, you know. Um, it's I incredible. Actually, I just had a, a, an incredible <laughs> thought, like maybe if you kept going as deep as you could into the small, mm-hmm. it would then become the edge of what is the big. The macro. Why you not? Know what I mean? Like, sure. Whoa. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I love this show for that reason, because when I have crazy <laughs> thoughts, you guys have already thought a lot. You validated it. You've got like a vocabulary. I mean, you, look at this man, Bryce Johnson. He's gazed into the abyss almost on mm. a daily basis. This guy understands. <laughs> Congrats. We got to bring, we got to bring back Bryce describes infinity. Cause that was, that was, <laughs> I think we should do it. We'll right close there. it out with this episode. Yeah, we, we're going to have um, another crack the capstone oh, discussion. We're, oh, we're going to come man. back in just a moment with a lot more Bryce Johnson for this week's episode, uh, or segment, I should say of high strangeness. Yes. And this should confound the both of you. All right, gang, we're back, and it's time for this week's High Strangeness, and it is Mr. Bryce Johnson's turn. Yes, and I'm very excited. Um, This is called, and just for you guys, The Miracle of the Sun Eaters. See what I did there? Uh, To begin, a quote. What good is it to me if Mary gave birth to the Son of God 1,400 years ago, and I do not also give birth to the Son of God in my time and in my culture? We are all meant to be mothers of God. Meister Eckhart. And so with that comes a little bit of a a warning that our next story of high strangeness is steeped in some deep religious overtones. So if you're perhaps a devout Catholic and might be easily offended, you may want to avoid this story. However... If you decide to continue on, please forgive me if I misrepresent in any way the incredible events that took place in Fatima, Portugal in 1916. And may I also add, are you familiar with the Miracle of the Sun? I am. I've actually started researching this Mm. uh, months ago. Oh, wow. And just kind of tabled it yeah. for the appropriate time, which I guess I didn't realize was now, which I agree it is. So. Oh, man, it's perfect. Also, it's not my turn, but... I also want to add that it's my belief that Marian visions have taken place all over the world in different times and cultures and are an expression of the goddess image, an archetypal pattern of great antiquity and psychological power. The goddess is a force forever seeking ways to objectify itself and manifest today in many ways, including Aphrodite, Gaia, Isis, Mother Earth, and of course, in the mold of Mary, a familiar psychic vehicle for the collective imagination to work through. Now, on with the show. One of the most incredible modern-day miracles since perhaps the resurrection of Christ, that's right, I said it, (laughs) took place in the small village... Now you're just really teasing these (laughs) cats. ...of Fatima, 
in the city of Portugal, Spain, around 1916, a miracle which culminated in 70,000 spectators seeing the sun dance in the sky. A miracle that, although is immersed in Catholic motifs, is in fact not that different than other surprisingly similar phenomena, such as the contact experience. The contactee experience. In the early summer of 1916, three young shepherd children were playing near a cave, more on that cave later, in the small town of Fatima. Guys, stay tuned for that cave. Yeah. <laughs> shepherd Keep children. that cave in mind. The children were Lucia Santos, nine years old, and her two cousins, Francisco and Wasinta, Marto, ages eight and six, respectively. When all of a sudden, a strong wind blew and the air became cooled and charged with a supernatural atmosphere. It was then that a white light enveloped them, and in the middle of that white light was the image of a small boy of great beauty who said unto them, Fear not, I am the angel of peace, pray with me. And the angel knelt on the ground and began to pray with the children. And afterwards, the angel said, Remember how I taught you to pray the rosary and pray this way every day. Then the atmosphere became charged again and the boy disappeared into the sky. The children were left in a state of shock and told no one of the encounter. The apparition appeared again in midsummer and found the children playing near a well when he said, What are you doing? Pray! Pray a great deal! For the hearts of Jesus and Mary have merciful designs on you. Offer prayers and sacrifices continuously to the Most High. The children asked, How must we sacrifice ourselves? To which the angel replied, Make everything you do a sacrifice, and offer it as an act of reparation for the sins of which God is offended. So, of course, like good little children, that's what they do. You dirty, dirty children. They you go horrible, in. <laughs> dirty little children. They oh, go into what yeah. I like to call prayer overdrive <laughs> and start sacrificing all they can, giving their lunch away to the poor, fasting, whatever they can think of. The little boy returns once more in the fall with a chalice in his hands and a holy host over it, from which drips a few drops of blood. He then knelt down and began a communion with the children, saying... I offer thee the most precious body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ, of which they partook. After each of these events, and all the following ones, the children were left physically and mentally exhausted, and were sometimes hardly able to speak or walk. They also suffered headaches and parched lips, and at the same time they felt a great peace and joy that described the feeling as being immersed in God, so that's good. Now, we fast forward a year later. May 13th, 1917, the kids are outside playing again, probably feeling that things were just starting to get back to normal, when out of nowhere, a brilliant flash of lights hits them, followed by a thundering clap, and a ball of light descends from the sky and rests on a small oak tree, which is still there, by the way, and much larger. Only this time... That's what trees do. That's what trees do. Remember that tree. Remember that tree. Now, this time in the middle of the ball of light is a beautiful, shining lady in white who says, Fear not, I will not harm you. Where are you from? Lucia asked. I am from heaven, the lady replied. What do you want from us? I want you to come here to the same place on the same day of every month for six consecutive months... And then I will tell you who I am and what I want, and I shall return here again for a seventh time. Also, do you wish to endure God's suffering for the peace of the world? To which they replied, uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> 
Then she opened her hands to them like that of a loving mother and blasted them with an intense light that infused them with a deep sense of love and joy, and she disappeared. Iron Man style. Totally. Blast them with repulsor rays. The children returned in June as told, and this time with a group of 50 interested spectators. And as promised, the lady appeared in the same manner as before and projected another beam of light through the children. And when little Lucia asked if they could see heaven, the lady in white replied, As a matter of fact, with Sinto and Francisco, we'll both die young and go to heaven. Mm. You, on the other hand, will have to stay around longer, for God has plans for you. Which reminds me of the sage advice, never ask a question you don't want the answer to. Bryce can ask a question, and I would like the answer to this. Yes. Um, I can't remember when the 50 people were there witnessing this. Uh Could they? They couldn't see the lady in white. Great question. The spectators, meanwhile, could not see anything but a thin little cloud where the children saw the lady and a faint buzz or a voice or buzzing noise with their interaction with her. And while some of those felt the cooling of the atmosphere. But after the exchange, everyone heard a loud explosion and watched the small cloud rise from the highest branches of the nearby oak tree where the apparitions took place. During the lady's third appearance Thank in you July, for that answer. you're welcome. I'm not scared of it. Yep. During the lady's third appearance That's in July, where there was now 4,500 people clamoring to see these visions for themselves, the lady in white asked the children to pray for peace and promised to work a miracle in October to prove her reality. She then showed them terrifying visions of great fires, tormented souls, and shadowy demonic figures. The lady announced the coming end of the First World War but warned of a second, much bloodier war if people didn't stop offending God, one that would begin during the reign of Pope Pius XI and be preceded by an unknown light in the sky. To prevent this war, the woman asked for the consecration of Russia to her immaculate heart. If Russia continued its current path, it would spread its mistakes across the world. Damn you, Russia! The woman once again departed with a loud explosion. Well, as you might expect... Word of the visitations got out, and the three children became celebrities amongst their rural Catholic compatriots. However, Lucia's own family and much of her community, including skeptical priests and pilgrims, resented the visitations and saw her story as a lie. The Republican government, too, thought the story was a hoax cooked up by Jesuits in order to reignite religious fervor. Crafty, crafty Jesuits. Mm Mm-hmm. The local mayor... Embarrassed by the situation, brought the children to his hall in Arem for interrogation. When he failed to get them to confess to fraud, he had the children thrown into a prison cell and tried to force a confession under threat of death by boiling them alive in hot oil. But the children didn't budge. This is like going back to like yeah. Salem witch trial shit. Oh, man. They're frying those kids. He also tried separating them to see if they would give conflicting reports, but to no avail. On the 13th of August... The children were still imprisoned, so the crowd of 18,000 stood by the tree alone. Those present heard a clap of thunder and saw a bright flash, and once again saw the cloud from above over the tree drift into the air and fade away. People claimed that the clouds turned an array of colors that reflected on the crowd, and the tree's leaves became flowers. The mayor, under immense pressure, released the children on the 15th of August, Now, they were back tending their flock on August 19th when Lucia, Wasinta, and Francisco felt the change of the supernatural change in the atmosphere. The woman returned again only to ask, Where the fuck were you guys? 
<laughs> Verbatim. It she, says that, that it says that in the Bible. That's right. No, no, no. She, of course, asked them to pray for peace and to make sacrifices to sinners. But her next visits, unimpeded by authorities, would be the most spectacular yet. The spectacular monthly appearance of the mysterious Lady of Fatima continued into September, where there were 30,000 visitors this time, including thousands begging for healing and at least two skeptical priests. However, the priests too confessed to sensing changes in the atmosphere and seeing a ball of light appear in the sky and settle on the tree. Other witnesses saw white petals fall from the sky. However, the petals seemed to shrink and melt away as they approached the people on the ground. The children once again saw the lady in a ball of white. This time, she promised a miracle when she returned in October and promised to heal some of the beggars in the meantime. On to the grand finale. 70,000 people were present on October 13th, the last of the lady's visits. In the pouring rain, a ball of light left the cave of St. Irene and approached the children. The lady announced the coming of the end of the war and asked all people to stop offending God. When pressed on her identity, she called herself the Lady of the Rosary. She then opened her hands and shone light on the sun. At this point, Lucia cried out and pointed upwards as if moved by an external impulse. The children saw various holy figures standing by the sun, smiling down on her. Yes, Michael, like the scene in Return of the Jedi. The spectators, however, saw something very different. They watched as the clouds parted and revealed a spinning silver disc that shined beams of colored light in all directions, and the day's light dimmed to the point that witnesses were able to see stars in the sky. Among the crowd was a skeptical professor, Almeida Garrett of Coimbra University, a scientist who described the phenomena in the following terms. It was raining hard, and the rain trickled down everyone's clothes. Suddenly... The sun shone through the dense cloud which covered it. Everybody looked in its direction. It looked like a disc of a very definite contour. It was not dazzling. I don't think that it could be compared to a, a dull silver disc, as someone said later in Fatima. No, it rather possessed a clear, changing brightness, which one could compare to a pearl. It looked like a polished wheel. This is not poetry. My eyes have seen it. This clear-shaped disc suddenly began turning. It rotated with increasing speed. Suddenly, the crowd began crying with anguish. The sun disk, revolving all the time, began falling towards Earth, reddish and bloody, threatening to crush everyone under its fiery weight. Eventually, the disk reversed course and rejoined the sun. Spectators were thankful the world didn't come to an end, and then realized that their clothes and the ground below them had completely dried in the duration of the sighting, which was said to have lasted around eight minutes. Funny enough, a news agency in nearby Lisbon cabled the long and impressive story of the miracle to the United States. But because the New York Giants were playing the Chicago White Sox in the World Series, it became a one-inch item relegated to page 24, literally snowed under with details of singles, errors, batting averages, and home runs. Now, I offer a final thought. Perhaps the most single powerful idea that comes across from the Marian visions is an urgent warning. The world is on the verge of catastrophe, constant war and suffering, overpopulation, a depletion of our natural resources at a staggering rate, 
and rising climate changes. The Marian goddess is here to warn us of this and to show the path to prevention. And seeing as how our scientific revolution and technology has banished the sacred and divine into the realm of fantasy, perhaps what is needed to truly save us from ourselves is a spiritual revolution. And that's the story of the miracle of the sun, Eaters. Wow. Yeah, so what do you guys make of that? <laughs> that's a big question. Believe it. Yeah. Believe it. Crazy, right? That was awesome. Everything well told, about dude. that was yeah. awesome. Yeah. I was enthralled. Oh, yeah. And it really happened. There's pictures of the event. Uh, they came out somewhat fuzzy, as these things sort of tend to do. Uh, but, you know, they wrote about it extensively in the papers of the Times. You know, uh, imagine 70,000 people, among with them at least 5 to 10% skeptical and just wanting proof for their own eyes. All, all but to see this sort of silvery disc, and it was described as falling like a leaf, as, as if some of those, you know, old scenes of UFOs, you know, they're they're just sort of like, you know, hovering like that. It's very interesting. Um, it leaves one to wonder. Uh, you said the Marian goddess? Yeah, the Marian, it's called the Marian. Marian? Marian How do you spell that word? M-A-R-I-A-N, which means there's, you know, there's Marian visions that take place all over the place. I don't place. think I'd heard that term. That's and, uh, just clarifying. Yeah, no, it's it, it, you could say visions of Mary or uh, the Mary morphogenesis, uh, hmm. which really which really translate into once people have these visions and they see these things, whether it's on their pancakes or in a shadowy corner in the Bronx, you know, it has a very sort, specific. Well, they're both two of those actually happen. Uh, they both have a social impact, and not only that on on society, but in culture, and they can, you know, they can really reverberate. Uh, so it's not just a few, you know, crazy people witnessing this thing. Um, very strange. I'm interested on your take on this, Bryce. Like, do you think this is a UFO sighting, or do you think that this is, like, an angelic thing? What is this? I believe that these Marian visions are a psychic vehicle, um, you know, for this this intelligence, this this phenomena, this entity, this sentient sentient unknowingness that it manifests itself through different times and different cultures and, and different real, iconography and di- different iconographies it's very archetypal you know if uh to get back to that cave and interesting to note that the cave where the apparitions of fatima took place was also a place of ancient goddess worship centuries ago where the three children saw the lady from heaven in 1917 people worshipped Isis, the goddess of many names. The Roman writer Apuleius described an encounter with Isis at the same cave. The Mm. goddess spoke to him and said, Behold, Lucius, I am come. Thy weeping and prayer hath moved me to secure thee. I am she that is the natural mother of all things, mistress and governess of all the elements, the initial progeny of worlds, chief of the powers divine, Queen of all that are in hell, the principle of them that dwell in heaven, manifested alone and under one form of all the gods and goddesses. So it's a very powerful energy. It almost feels like to me like Gaia, like the it's earth the same goddess, thing. the earth energy is coming up and communicating with you know human beings mm-hmm. in a almost like 
It's almost as if the Earth could telepathically communicate with its people. Well, on that's it. right. And, and like, hey. Speaking of hey, a lot of people think that the crop circle phenomenon <laughs> is also mes- right. messaging from this fertility goddess that was worshipped for 40,000 years old, uh, where you'll even see little figurines in antiquity of this of this goddess archetypal image that people are profoundly moved to to tell about and to recreate in their in their in their art and in yeah. their stories it's fascinating and uh I, i'm literally i'm not being crude here but like when you think about the imagery like it's a cave you know it's it's a, yeah there's very like obviously it's yeah. like the womb you know that the oh, yeah. the entrance in and out of like right. it mimics being born you know you come in, out of a gateway into this world and the lady of guadalupe uh, iconography of Mary to me has always been very vaginal. Like if you look at this uh, iconography of the Lady of Guadalupe, yeah, it is almost yep. a personification of the vagina, which is the unless you're you know brought into this world through cesarean uh, through C-section, which that could is, also look like a vagina. Well, it could also yeah. that that <laughs> is the entrance way into this reality for most of us. Yeah, and so I think that like when you when you look at something like the Lady of Guadalupe and her literally like. Her robes and her hood look like the labia and the hood of the of the clitoris. It is sort of like very primal in a thing that we're saying we are worshiping mm-hmm. the giver of all life, which is female energy and the female organ that brings us all in here. Yeah. You know, yeah. And it, I think that's very. You know, if you're offended by that, you should think about why you're offended by vaginas. But it's actually a very. <laughs> it's a very powerful thing when you really stop to think about it and of course it's not like mary's gonna look like a penis (laughs) you know what i mean like there's a very specific these are old this is all almost like coded iconography but and and to me that makes sense that's like of course we should be reverent of the thing that brings us all into the world which is motherhood you know yeah um, well, that's very true, and you know, for for all the those you know Mary statues that we so often see with her hands like this, or the heart surrounded in your thorns, hand, her hands are open in her side. This all came from Fatima, uh, in one of the visions they saw a, a heart that was revealed that was surrounded with thorns penetrating the heart. So whenever you see those statuettes or anything like that, all that iconography came from Fatima, from these three shepherd children. And, uh, you know, she was right. The children, uh, Francisco and Wasinta, did die in 1920 from a flu epidemic after the end of the First World War. And Lucia did go on to become a nun in and around Portugal for the remainder of his life. And now these these visions sort of didn't just stop there. She was was visited multiple times throughout... uh, throughout her life, even after these visions. And the church recognized this as a true uh, belief and miracle of the cult of Mary. Did they, um, is, didn't, didn't the kids like tell stuff to specifically the, Va- like doesn't the Vatican have like, is this the same story where the Pope was told certain things that they yeah. only shared with the church? And, yeah, the, right. and the Pope's like, I know one of these things that they told me, we're not telling anybody. Yeah, right. So you're referring to the three secrets of Fatima. And this okay. and, and this is exactly related to this story. The three secrets being, um, oh man, I should, I should bring him up. But the first one, I believe, uh, had something to do with uh, the end of the war 
And the the second one, um, I forget. I got to pull it up right here. But the third one, the controversial one, she was like, the angel told me not to reveal. They were all apocalyptic visions. Yeah, the second one was apocalyptic, and the the third one, she was like, the angel told me not to reveal this to anyone. But however, the bishop said, no, you will reveal it. And seeing as how bishops have that ordained power, she, so, she was forced to write it down. May I write, May I read the secrets? Yeah, go ahead. So Keep this teasing them out a little From uh, Wikipedia. Uh, so, you know, take it or leave it. Um, the first secret, uh, this is supposedly from Lucia's memoir in 1941. The first secret. Our Lady showed us a great sea of fire which seemed to be under the earth. Plunged in this fire were demons and souls in human form like transparent burning embers, all blackened and burnished bronze, floating about in the conflagration, now raised into the air by the flames that issued from within themselves together with great clouds of smoke, now falling back on every side like sparks in a huge fire, without weight or equilibrium, and amid shrieks and groans of pain and despair which horrified us and made us tremble with fear. The demons could be distinguished by their terrifying and repulsive likeness to frighten and, uh, and unknown animals, all black and transparent. This vision lasted but an instant. How can we ever be grateful enough to our kind Heavenly Mother who had already prepared us by promising in the first apparition to take us to heaven? Otherwise, I think we would have died of fear and terror. Well, and to fast forward, the second one was the consecration of Russia, which did take place. And uh, and then the third one, which is the most controversial, yeah. which she was forced to reveal, was about the... Uh, she did not disclose the secret in her memoir... Uh, but it was written down by order of His Excellency the Bishop of Liaria and the Most Holy uh, and the Most Holy Mother on January third, nineteen forty-four. It's a sealed envelope containing the third secret. It was delivered to Silva, where it stayed until nineteen fifty-seven, when it was finally delivered to Rome. It was announced by Cardinal Angelo Sodano on May thirteenth, two thousand, eighty-three years after the first apparition. Uh, of the lady to the children in Covadia, sorry, and 19 years after blah, blah, blah. Um, the secret was about the 20th century persecution of Christians that culminated in the failed Pope John Paul II assassination attempt on May 13th, 1981. So it was about the assassination. Well, and to give you, to give you the cliff notes, it actually wow. was more about, what, what it was really more about was the, the poison that would leak into the church. And, and what, you're, what you're seeing oh. these days with all this, these pedophile claims and stuff like well, that, yeah. the, 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 the controversy that the church is embroiled in, yeah. it's really on a much larger scale of what that's what it is. You know, oh, wow. that, 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 that the Christian church would be persecuted. Catholic church. That the Catholic church, not yeah. That it's not a Christian uh, denomination. Would, would be persecuted because sin would, sin would enter through its ranks. Well, yeah. Uh, with good reason, they should be. Yeah. So, but anyway. I mean, yeah, I'm saying, come on. There's a child... But what's Huge. very interesting yeah. is that I'm with, sex I'm with trafficking you. I'm fully, fully with you. The Catholic Church. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Is, you know, you so. read a lot about these UFO contacts that take to take place, and there's a lot of similar parallels. This sort of like leaving these uh, experiencers exhausted, and 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 not only that, but everybody else seeing the disc, and not so much the 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 Marian vision is is very strange to me. You know, it, it, I mean, it's so described even in the papers of as a silver disc. Yeah. Uh, and that's why they called it the Sundance, and it's happened in other Marian visions as well, is they'll all be looking at the sun, which somehow they can do, 
and it seems to disperse from the sky and dance and do a little dance. And also because um, Robert Redford was there and he had just discovered a young man named Quentin Tarantino. Okay. <laughs> so lost on that one, but and it was sun snowing. Dance. Oh, Sundance. <laughs> oh yeah, gotcha. Um well Bryce, great job. Thank that was, you. Uh, yeah, that was awesome. awesome. Story. <laughs> nice. Really uh good. gentlemen, Sun Eaters. Uh, thank you so much, Scott and Chris, for being on the show. Uh, where can people find the album? Uh, everywhere. Yeah, I found it's it on Spotify. On yeah. your couch, in your car. You can stream mm-hmm. it everywhere. You can buy it everywhere. It's it's everywhere. And your uh, I heard a rumor that part of the album was recorded right here. I was going to say, we're going to go... Are we going to end the show without mentioning that that the, the I just the many connections? That. <laughs> so there's many connections between the Sun Eaters and and and, uh, and this show. So you guys may not know this, but the Sun Eaters Sun Eaters was an album title from a band that I was previously in, and I was just thinking about this the other day. This is the band that I I want to put this diplomatically. It's the one that I most miss mm. being in. It was a band called Doctor Doctor, where Michael was the lead vocalist. What? Scott was the bass player. I played guitar and didn't sing at all. And uh, Mark Silverberg, our friend Mark Silverberg, who painted the front and back cover of the recent Sun Eaters album, which is great. Yeah, he great, was, he great was uh, packaging. Incredible artist. Yeah, yeah uh, he was the drummer, an incredible drummer. So um, Sun Eaters wouldn't exist if it weren't for Michael and I starting a band out here in Los Angeles. That's crazy. And, yeah. and I might add your grandmother's dream. Yeah, and my grandmother, <laughs> as Sky has pointed out previously, my grandmother's dream. Wow, um, are there recordings of this band? I need, Not I need to really. hear this every week of the night. Oh my, <laughs> there, there's all just, in there's rehearsal just live studios. Yeah. We never really did. We never did any. Sing like, one of the hooks, Mike. I got oh, man. There's a video. There's actually. I'll send you a video link. There, yes, we played. Please, uh, please. We played a show. It's bad audio, but it, it, there's a great. I was watching it the other day. I was like, man, this band. I miss this band a lot. Uh, anyway. um the other thing is that we recorded all the Riley and um, Ian yeah. did all the vocals for Rhiannon Birdsall here in uh, Space Camp. Is that mm-hmm. the name? Space of the Camp studio? Recorders. Yep. Wow. Um, and I did the lead vocals for Unfathomable Love here uh, because we were just having such a great time doing vocals. I was like, I'm just going to do the whole lead. Yeah. Here and scrap everything we did at the other studio. So and we've done our job, right? Yeah, <laughs> amazing. I mean, it, was, it was a it was an amazing time. So I appreciate uh, you letting us do this. Yeah, here. man, I can't wait to work with fun. you again on the next record. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to do all the vocals out here. I was, I was firmly convinced that this is the right vibe. That's Sweet. what your grandmother said. Well, congratulations! <laughs> I had a dream. There's a studio in Hollywood. <laughs> congratulations on the new album. Uh, we would like to uh, before we go, uh, Bryce. Anything to plug? Yeah, plug the Sun Eaters. Go listen to the album, buy it, listen to it. If you love our intro as much as I do, that's just a sample of the type of music that these guys do. So check them out. Great. Sounds good. I would also be remiss to not mention your guys' Instagram because it is really Oh, yeah. That's That's really good. Scott, what's the Instagram where people can find you? Uh, It's at Sun Eaters KC. Got it. KC stands for? Kansas, Kansas City. City. It's constantly cracking me up. I, I really enjoy it. <laughs> uh, Scott is a wizard of the internet. Uh, he's a guy who can find any f- like better visual funny references and memes uh, like better than any anybody I know. So I'm not sure what that says about me. Go over there. I mean, you're just <laughs> very, you're a great curator <laughs> of, of funny stuff. So definitely go give them a follow right now. And uh, we are at Bigfoot Collectors Club on Instagram. 
Bigfoot underscore C Club on Twitter. Uh, please uh, go to Apple Podcasts, rate, review us, subscribe, um, tell your friends about us, tell us tell them to check us out and then also please if you have a paranormal story of your own write into or record a voice memo and send it to bigfootcollectorsclub at gmail.com we want to hear your stories so we can share them uh like those three shepherd children uh we want to share your stories with our listeners right here on the show that's right Uh, see how it fits into a larger world of high strength that's right to take us out i thought that we could play a track of uh, your choosing from the show. We already dropped. We already played Night oh, a couple weeks idea. ago. Uh, and, of course, everyone's heard Come Alone. What is a track that we could uh, send everyone off with tonight? Chris? I would love us to play Fragero, which is one of Scott's. It's actually two of Scott's songs that I fused together into one song. So Scott's the vocals on it? Or Scott is the vo- right. I, I actually it. sing a vocal lead vocal part on it later in the song, but it's just a... Good old fun rock song. Hell yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. uh, So we'll take you out with that. And until next week, go get regressed. Do it. Here's the Sun Eaters from their new album, Figaro from their new album, Unfathomable Darkness. I think I spotted you.
Hey, this is Eric Malinsky, host of the podcast Imaginary Worlds. Each episode, I explore different sci-fi fantasy genres, talking with filmmakers, novelists, game designers, cosplayers, comic book artists, and anyone who works in the field of make-believe. I also look at the fan experience, asking, why do we suspend our disbelief? You can subscribe to Imaginary Worlds wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, Heather Ashley here, host of the Big Mad True Crime Podcast. If you're looking for a true crime podcast with all of the details and none of the small talk, you have found your people. Each week, we dive deep into a new case and learn everything there is to know, from getting to know the victim and the impact their cases had on those around them, to the investigation into what happened to them and who is or might be responsible, and if the bad guy looks like he might drink whiskey by a dumpster or has the social skills of an ogre, we say it because we were all thinking it anyway. As the name suggests, we get big mad over true crime, and I would love to have you join our incredible community of listeners with big hearts and zero time for small talk. Subscribe to Big Mad True Crime anywhere you listen to podcasts and listen to new episodes every single Monday.